Many have asked if the battle of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38 and 39 is different than the battle of Armageddon. We're going to closely examine these chapters to better understand the details around the future invasion of Israel. Welcome to End of the Age. This is Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Uh, we're very excited about today's show, and we're taking your calls. The number to join us is one eight seven seven in time, one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Before we get to the calls and to the show, I want to tell you about a very exciting weekend that we have planned on Saturday and Sunday. We are going to host an online prophecy weekend. Uh, Here's the deal. It's only for End of the Age Plus subscribers. So this won't be streamed anywhere. It won't be streamed on Facebook or YouTube uh, or any other platform aside from End of the Age Plus. So if you haven't done so already, go to watch.endtime.com and you can subscribe to End of the Age Plus there. Um, I think the code is OPW2 to get... Uh, get your subscription for only $10 per month. Now, uh, if you go to watch.endtime.com, there's a banner at the top with that code there, so you can check that out. Um, And there's a two-week free trial available right now, too, so you can sign up for that, watch it for totally free, and, uh, yeah, join us for that. We're very excited about it. Doug, what are you teaching for that online prophecy weekend? I don't believe I'm scheduled to teach anything for that online prophecy Oh, okay. I was checking to see if you were on the... Docket, I'm not on the docket, not yet. I guess maybe that's coming one day. I do not know, but we'll see. No, it'll be Dave teaching two sessions there, so um, be sure to go to watch.endtime.com. And if you're not subscribed already, get that set up so you can participate in the free online prophecy weekend for End of the Age Plus uh, subscribers exclusively. All right, Doug, the Battle of Armageddon, the Battle of Gog and Magog. This is a hot topic in the prophecy world. We get people who call us ask us about this, they email right. every way that they can communicate with us. They want to know, right. is this the battle of Armageddon? Or if if we tell them it is, they want to argue that it's not. Right. And so we're going to look at these chapters today. Argue is a, a strong word. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Debate, maybe. Really? Debate's not as strong as argue? No. Okay. I, to me, it's well, not. <laughs> I like our, I'm okay with arguing uh, things out. Just right. not like... Right. Redneck argument. I understand. A civil argument. Well, now you're speaking my language when you start talking redneck. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is something we get questions about all the time. One of the, one of the things, too, that um, we're going to try to prove today is that it's not World War Three either. Okay. we get that, too. Some, sometimes people say, well, the, you know, Gog and Magog is World War Three. Uh, some people say, I thought Gog and Magog is the war after the millennial. So there is a Gog and Magog then as well, but that's not the same war that's Ezekiel 38 and 39. So today we're going to go through and prove that to you scripturally. Okay. So hopefully by the end of the program, we'll help some folks understand why we believe that. Well, let's get started. All right. Well, you know, one of the first things is Ezekiel 37. 
okay. is one of the most amazing prophecies of our time because that's actually um, the rebirth of Israel. And so it's the prophecy of the dry bones in Ezekiel 37 where he sees the bones there and the Lord tells him to prophesy over the bones and he begins to see the bones have muscle and then skin and it comes to life and becomes a powerful nation again. Well, that's uh, Israel was reborn on May 14, 1948. So that's a prophecy that has come to pass within this end time uh, generation that we live in right now. And uh, it's a very important uh, thing because, you know, I've talked to people before about um, the Antichrist and they, you know, they say, well, you know, people thought that Hitler was the Antichrist, you know, uh, back in World War II. And, you know, so I don't believe that we're going to know the Antichrist and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is that the country of Israel wasn't reborn yet. So Hitler couldn't have been the Antichrist because it wasn't time until the nation of Israel became a nation again. That's what kind of started this end time prophetic wheel turning and got us to where we are today. So that's as important as the next two that we're going to look at. And so the next two chapters in Ezekiel 38 and 39 are the prophecies given about the war called the Battle of Gog and Magog. And during that battle, many nations are going to come down against Israel. And Jerusalem specifically is what is going to be fought over. So we're going to look at that today and we're going to try to explain how we know that this war is the same as uh, the Battle of Armageddon. All right. If you have any questions about uh, this passage of Scripture or these battles, give us a call, 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We would love to chat with you about this. We know it's a hot topic. We know you have an opinion on it. So give us a call. We'd love to uh, have a conversation. I do want to remind you that um, around this topic, the Battle of Armageddon, um, God is going to pour out his wrath. And we've recently put out a video, uh, Dave Robbins did, on the seven vials. And uh, that's actually still available for a few more days uh, for a donation of any amount. So some people have given $5. Some people have given $35. It is literally whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give, you can get this DVD. So go to endtime.com slash DVD. Not only will you learn more about the wrath of God, but you'll also learn a little bit more about the Battle of Armageddon, even though that's not his focus on the topic. So be sure to do that, endtime.com slash DVD. You can also do it over the phone by calling 800 End time, or you can stream it today at End of the Age Plus. And if you do that, that'll get you signed up for the online prophecy weekend for this weekend. So be sure to do it. All right. You're the king of Segway. The king? You, man, you just slide right in there. Segway king. That was awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So uh, one of the things that we know about this battle, um, it tells us that um, Russia is going to be the main. Uh, character in this war that's going to bring down some other nations with it. That's where people sometimes get confused with things. Okay. And so starting right off, we know that uh, in Revelation chapter 13, which I don't have here in, in the notes today, so I apologize. But we know that in there we see uh, the beast that's rising up. It's ten horned beast, seven heads. It's got the body of the leopard, the mouth of the lion, and the feet of the bear. Now, the feet of the bear is interesting because when you think of boots on the ground, you think of a military move, right? And so it appears from that scripture we even see that Russia is going to be the main leading force that moves the world government into place to battle Israel over Jerusalem. So um, just an interesting note that's kind of a side note, but 
just wanted to in, uh, mention that before we actually jump into Ezekiel 38 and 39 today. Well, we're not going to have time to jump into it before the break. We've got about 30 seconds left. Yeah. So what would you say to everyone watching or listening now uh, would be the reason they need to stick around and hear the rest of what we're going to be talking about? Well, because we're going to be able to scripturally go through some different books of the Bible and prove that this war is the Battle of Armageddon. And it's very interesting. If you're not ready, you better get some paper and something to write with so you can write some notes down. All right. Sounds good, Doug. We will be taking your calls, 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. And if you're on Facebook, don't forget to share and do the heart icon on this video to help us get the word out. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800-END-TIME. Welcome back to End of the Age Open Lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. I do want to let you know that this weekend, Dave Robbins is going to be in Mattoon, Illinois. He and Jana will be there um, Saturday, September 25th at 6 p.m. and Sunday, September 26th at 9.45 a.m. On Saturday, he'll be talking about the future. And on Sunday morning, he'll be talking about breaking prophetic fulfillments. And that's actually what we'll be streaming for the online Prophecy Weekend, exclusively available to End of the Age Plus subscribers. So if you're in the Mattoon, Illinois area, be sure to go out and attend in person. If you're not, you can fly in and attend, or you can go to End of the Age Plus and uh, get special access for that exclusive event for Into the H Plus subscribers. So be sure to do that and go out and meet Dave and Jana this weekend in Mattoon, Illinois. Go to endtime.com slash events for more information about the venue address and uh, additional details that you'll need for that event. 
All right, Doug. Battle of Gog and Magog, Battle of Armageddon, super confusing. Are they the same? Are they not the same? All these questions come up regularly for us. We want to break it down for everybody so we can leave here today with confidence, but not only that, uh, confidence that we know the truth, but also that um, when we discover the truth, we magically, it's amazing how this works, can feel peace and we can yeah. we can have hope in spite of maybe some preconceived ideas because of what uh, other other ideas are already that exist. So, so yeah. um, when they, when people learn the truth, this peace just settles in, and it's like, you know what? Sometimes the truth is still pretty gruesome, but uh, when you're on Jesus' side and when you understand what He's got going on, it just helps a lot. I, I, right. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And with everything that's going on right now, Vince, in the Middle East uh, situation with Iran, uh, with the situation that's going on in Afghanistan, all those things. We, we've talked about in the past few weeks about how this could lead up to the Sixth Trumpet War. And so it's easy to understand how some people could get confused between these two uh, because a lot of these nations that we're about to talk about that are in Ezekiel 38 are those Arab nations that are up and around that area. So if we look at that, it's, we're not going to go through those verses, but we're going to talk about it a little bit because um, it's, it's basically the nations that will participate in this invasion. And one of the invaders is called the, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Uh, Webster's Third International Dictionary defines Meshach as the word for Moshi, from which the word Moscow comes from. So that's how we know Russia is involved in that. And Moscow, of course, is the uh, capital of Russia. And there's also a Tubal uh, River in Russia. So we've, we've got that that kind of ties that in. In verse 5, the chapter says that Persia will be one of the invaders of Israel during the Battle of uh, Gog and Magog. And that's the nation of Iran. Um, it was known as Persia until 1935. And so that's when they changed the name over to Iran. So we've got that information and we understand that. That's not really where we're going to focus today. What we're going to focus on is the events that happened in this war and how we can understand that. So the prophecy of Ezekiel 38 states that Russia, Iran, along with other nations, will invade Israel during the Battle of Gog and Magog. Russian, Iran, uh, they've been close allies for a long time. They're even closer now with the Syrian conflict, the things that happened there in Syria. Uh, now, right now, at this very moment, um, just over the Golan Heights, Iran has uh, military forces there right at the northern uh, part of Israel, right there at the Golan Heights. And so Russia is a very uh, good friend with Iran. They've been working on a situation over there where they've been trying to make a highway uh, over from uh, Iran over into the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, in the past, America has run interference for this, even blown the road up a few times. But one of the things they're trying to do is get a place where they can export some oil in from that Mediterranean Sea area to Russia. So they've been setting up things and working things out in detail for a long time. So anyway, that is prophetic that they would have this kind of relationship. Uh, But the Battle of Gog and Magog and Armageddon, we believe, is the same war. And we're going to try to prove that conclusively. So let's jump into that and talk about it uh, and read our first scripture here from Ezekiel 38. All right, Ezekiel 38, starting with verse 18. Before I read it, I'll remind you we are taking your calls, 
800-863-8463. End time is the number to call. Doug just said that the battle of Gog and Magog is the same as the battle of Armageddon. And so you are welcome to call and ask questions about that or anything related. So uh, we'll be happy to chat with you today. Be sure to call now while we have open lines. All right, starting in verse 18. Again, it's chapter 38 of Ezekiel. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Okay, so remember, this is Ezekiel 38 that's talking about this. And one of the things it's talking about is that God's fury and his wrath are going to be unleashed at this point. But the main focus that I want to talk about here is this great shaking in the land of Israel, this great earthquake. Because we know that we see this in other places in the Bible, speaking of the wrath of God in this earthquake happening at the same time. And so, Revelation 11 is one place that we can see this. This takes place immediately after we see the two witnesses have been killed. They lay in the street for three and a half days. And then the voice from heaven says, come up here. And they watch these two witnesses rise up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so then we pick up with Revelation eleven thirteen. In the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Okay, so one of the things we see here is that the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ forever and ever. At this same time when this great earthquake happens, the seventh trumpet sounds. Now, if you've been following us for very long, you know that we believe the seventh trumpet is going to be the time of the rapture of the church. Uh, It's also uh, in some other scriptures that we're going to look at today, so I don't want to give too much away, but there's our earthquake, okay? Well, I'm just sitting here going, okay, there's two earthquakes recorded. Why does that mean that they're the same one? Okay, so we're, we're looking at the timing of when this earthquake happens. As we go through this, we're going to dissect the scripture a little bit more, and we're going to see how it all links together. Okay. Uh, so Zechariah 14 also speaks of another earthquake at the time that the Battle of Armageddon takes place. Now, another earthquake or perhaps the same earthquake? The same earthquake. Okay. It's just in scripture another time, I should gotcha. say. Gotcha. All right, thanks. All right, Zechariah 14.2. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be very uh, there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. So right here we're watching 
again, the Battle of Armageddon. These nations have come down against Jerusalem. Half the city goes into captivity, so that means Israel's controlling the city up until this point, and then they lose half of it. Then at the point where it looks like they're going to lose the battle, the Lord comes and his feet will step on the Mount of Olives. There's going to be this earthquake that's going to split the city, and it's going to cause the mountains to shift and everything. Okay, So just remember those things as we move on. So Revelation 16, we get another scripture pertaining to this same event. All right. And it started in verse 18. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the uh, fierceness of his wrath. Okay, so once again, we've got the city. The city here is speaking of Israel. We're talking about it being split. And this tells us a little bit more. It's split into three parts. And the great fierceness of God's wrath has come. So that's Revelation 16 where we see the vials being opened and being poured out. And so we, we've got an earthquake that happens at this event. This is the same earthquake happening at all these events. And we can prove that because you see that it's the time of the wrath and it's the time of this battle that's taking place. So if these aren't the same earthquakes, there's a whole lot of earthquakes happening. Right. Pretty, Notice, pretty devastating earthquakes. At very that. devastating. And, and mountains are being moved. And we're going to see that a little bit more here in a little bit as well. All right. Ezekiel 38. Starting in verse 20. Yeah, let's go there. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground and I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains saith the Lord God, every man's sword shall be against his brother and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood and I will rain upon him upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him and overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord. Okay, so once again... We see that these mountains are shaken. They're even thrown down. And um, the Lord talks about his wrath again, how he comes with these great hailstones with fire and brimstone. Uh, he also says he's going to magnify himself and he's going to be made known in the eyes of the nations. Okay? So those are key points that I want us to remember. Now, when we look in Revelation chapter 6, we also see this is the sixth seal. So this is also the second coming of Christ and the wrath of God here. So uh, verse 12. Revelation 6, 12. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell into the earth. Even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Okay, so more evidence of that earthquake. And then we've got the stars falling from heaven. So you think about great hailstones. 
Uh, that could actually be the stars that are falling from heaven. Uh, and then you, you see that uh, the heavens are rolled apart or departed like a scroll. And then it says every mountain and island were moved out of their places. So now we can look at the mountains and islands in Scripture and see what it says. See, Because every mountain and island is moved out of their places and we see it happening uh, in different places throughout the Scripture. So right now we've got it in uh, Ezekiel 38, talked about the mountains and the high places being leveled. Then we talk about the sixth seal in Revelation. But we also find it in Zechariah 14.4. We talked about that. In Revelation 16.20 it says, Every island fled away and every mountain was not found. These are all the same event. And we're just being told about it different ways at different times. Every island and mountain can only be removed once. It can't happen, you know, over and over because there's going to, you know, they're not going to come back up and then be removed again. So this is all the same event. So now we, we see that we can focus on that and understand that a little bit. Uh, we can either move into the next part where we talk about kings and captain and mighty man. Well, I want to ask you something first because absolutely, I'm I'm reading these scriptures and hearing you talk about it, and I'm going. This is crazy sounding like th- it's as if you're describing a scene from a movie. Right. I have never in my life actually seen something like this um, unfold. Right. And so I'm going, are we going to be here for this or will the church be gone already? At this point, when these things begin to happen, the church is going to be raptured up. Because when, when the earthquake happens and those things happen, remember we just saw where in Revelation 11, the two witnesses were dead. They've been dead for three and a half days. Mm-hmm. And then we see that they are raptured up. And then the seventh trumpet sounds at the same time this earthquake's happening and the city separated. So we're actually, when, we, when you read deeper into Revelation 11, it says that at that seventh trumpet, when that sounds, that it's time to reward your prophets and your servants, the saints. Well, our reward is the rapture. And so the rapture is going to happen at that seventh trumpet. When the Lord comes back and his feet are on the Mount of Olives, the Bible says that we come back with him. We come back, the armies of heaven come back with Christ to the battle of Armageddon. These things are happening at the battle of Armageddon. So it's kind of right there in that time. Yeah. Like We're going to see, we'll be, we'll be watching some we'll crazy see it from stuff from a happen. different perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. people get caught up on this, like, Surely the church will be gone by now. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like for the most part we will be. Yeah. We'll be raptured and coming back with the Lord to help cause that earthquake on our landing or something. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll be going to the phones after the break. Whether it's a global pandemic threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. We have one open line at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. So if you want to fill that one spot, you better call now before it is totally full. I do want to remind you that uh, Dave and Jana will be in Mattoon, Illinois this weekend. You can go to endtime.com slash events to learn more about that conference. We would love for you to come out and be part of the in-person conference that's happening there. Um, and also get to meet Dave and Jana and chat with them about whatever comes to your mind. We take uh, all questions and, and such at those conferences, and, and we just want to be there to meet you and to get to know you better. Um, also, that conference will be streamed exclusively on End of the Age Plus. So um, if you are not a subscriber to End of the Age Plus, you can do that right now at watch.endtime.com. This event will be part of our online prophecy weekend. Rather, it will make up the online prophecy weekend. And um, for, for um, I guess, about up until that conference, you can get End of the Age Plus for just $10 per month. Use Use promo code OPW2. And uh, it'll go down to $10 for you. You can go to watch.endtime.com and you'll see a banner at the top of the page there um, to click. And you can get that coupon code added for yourself. So be sure to do that today so you can take advantage of the online Prophecy Weekend. If you're in the Mattoon, Illinois area, make plans to come in person. All right, let's get straight to the phones now. Sam in Texas, welcome to End of the Age. Hey, guys. You know, like, you know, when we can figure out who's going to be in the Gog-Magog war, then those countries that are in that war can't be in the Sixth Trumpet War because they still have to be available for that the Gog-Magog war. Can we? Is that a good statement? Well, some of those nations are going to be involved in that Sixth Trumpet War. That Sixth Trumpet War is going to involve the, a lot of nations, like pretty much yeah. the whole world is going to be involved in the Sixth Trumpet War. That's going to happen first before we get to what we're talking about today. Some of those nations will survive that war. We're not going to see them completely wiped out. Uh, We don't see China mentioned in the one world government. We don't see China mentioned here. So we we think that maybe something happens with China during that World War III 
uh, that could affect them to where they're not a major player like they are right now. Uh, but Iran is definitely going to survive. They may be part of that six trumpet war. I would expect them to be. Um, the more and more they're trying to create this uh, nuclear weapon uh, that they're trying to create right now, the more I see Israel uh, being forced to make a strike against them, and that could spark this war of the six trumpets. Uh, yeah. And so w- there are going to be some nations that are involved in that that are going to be involved in this uh, Gog Magog as well. Yeah, because I was wondering, because if it's nuclear, it's, it's hard to survive a nuclear uh, attack. Okay, thank you, guys. Yeah. All right, thank Thanks, you. Sam. All right, we'll go to Jeff in Texas watching on End of the Age Plus. Jeff, welcome to End of the Age. Jeff, are uh, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me now? We yes, can. Sir. Okay, hey, my question is uh, about the feast that the Lord's fixing to, to fill the beast of the fowls and, and the birds in the air. Uh, in Ezekiel, he mentions about setting it, setting it the, uh, that he's killing them and putting them at the table um, over... Um, in Revelation 19, when it says it's the the Great Supper, or the Supper of the Great God, that's God. God's doing the killing, and He's fixing to, to feed them at His table. Uh, if 19, if here's here's what I want you to separate for me, um, because in in uh, uh, what is it 14 Revelation 14 when there's the simultaneous harvest. And back in Matthew 13, when the simultaneous harvest is going on, uh, how is this not sort of a picture of the simultaneous harvest when it says, blessed are they that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb? Aren't they blessed because that's the simultaneous harvest and they are being extracted before this supper is being set by the Lord for the birds and and the beasts? Well, I mean, I'm having a hard time understanding exactly uh, what the question is. I mean, we we are going to be raptured out before the battle takes place because Revelation 19 tells us that there's the great uh, mul- uh, the great multitude there, and they're gathered for uh, the wedding supper of the Lamb, and then the battle takes place. Right. So, the marriage supper of the marriage supper of the Lamb. That doesn't mm-hmm. say. I mean, uh, it doesn't say that we're swinging by a McDonald's in the air for a Happy Meal, but it doesn't say uh, anything more than it is the marriage supper of the Lamb. So rather than me putting in there, oh, I'm sitting down to eat my grandmother's favorite dish she used to make, how do I, how do I decipher that that, that great supper, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb, is actually not just me being uh, set apart in the simultaneous harvest at that point in time, and the supper itself is fixing to happen when the Lord and, and his armies come back and the table has been set and he feeds them with the rapture or, or with the with his wrath that he puts upon them and the birds and the beasts all eat at that supper table that the Lord says in those those two different tab- uh, places, I set the table. I, I killed these for you. This is my sacrifice. How do I separate the, the marriage supper of the lamb is actually you and I sitting down and eating grandma's favorite dish versus no we were we were uh, this is part of the simultaneous harvest and we were pulled out you see what i'm going well i'm trying to i'm trying desperately to understand exactly what you're trying to say but i'm 
just hang with us, and and okay. I tell you what, if if your question doesn't get answered, because we're about to get into that a little bit, and we're going to talk about how that's the same thing happening here. And if your question doesn't get answered at the end of the program, then email me, and okay. and I'll try to do my best to answer. Maybe maybe you'll have a better understanding when we get down to the end of this. Okay, thanks. All right, thank you, thank you, Jeff. And then also, Doug. I mean, you talk to people on the phone every day too, so. Uh, if an email isn't sufficient, I know you and Jeff could hop on a call. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, it sounded like you guys were saying the same thing to me. I'm over here going. Yeah, I think it's just a little misunderstanding on my part. I, I wasn't really understanding exactly what he was asking. So. All right. Well, should we get to Revelation 6? So we'd like to go to the, the kings, captains, and mighty men. Yeah, let's break that down a little bit. All right. Revelation chapter 6, starting in verse 15. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Yeah, so right here what we're seeing here happen is we're watching the wrath of the Lamb. So when you see the day of the Lord, the day of, uh, or the wrath of the Lamb, these are, these are the two same, same events that are happening there. The great day of his wrath is the day of the Lord, uh, and then the wrath of the Lamb also. So these kings and mighty men and great men and rich men, they're all seeing the Lord come down on his throne in heaven. They're watching this happen, and they begin to cry out and try to hide from the face of the Lamb. So we're seeing that happen. Then in Ezekiel 39, we see uh, the same thing going on here. All right, starting in 17. And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves and come, gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you, even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye shall eat the flesh of the mighty and the drink and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, and of bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan, and ye shall eat fat till ye be full, and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men, and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. Okay, so here you've got the mighty men that are going to be what Jeff was alluding to a while ago, this, this sacrifice that the Lord does where he calls the birds of the air, the beast of the field, to come and sup upon the bodies of these people that he's about to destroy. We also see it in Revelation 19. This is the other scripture that he was referring to there. And so uh, we're going to see the exact same thing with the mighty men and the kings of the earth. It says, and, I, and uh, this is Revelation nineteen seventeen. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying, To all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of the kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and them that sit on them and that and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken with him and with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which 
with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Okay, so remember earlier we heard that the Lord was going to fight with the fire and the brimstone. So we see that this is one of the, the things that come down with the wrath as he actually takes the Antichrist and the false prophet and he's going to cast them into the lake of fire uh, at that point. So these this that's happening here with the supper for the air, the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, these are the same two events that are happening in Ezekiel uh, 39 and also at the battle of Armageddon. So this is the same thing that the Lord's doing. This is the sacrifice of the great God, the, the supper of the great God. Uh, this is all the same thing. So I think what Jeff was trying to ask a while ago is when is our uh, wedding, marriage supper of the lamb and is this connected to it? Uh, I kind of I think yeah, that he, that's he was where asking he was you to separate to. them. Yeah, but you're saying there's you don't separate them. It's the same event. Well, it appears that these two events are the same. This supper of the great lamb. Now, whether or not the marriage supper of the lamb is the same as this, I I can't answer that because I don't know. For, to me, it appears in Revelation 19 that we're gathered together for the marriage supper of the lamb, and then we go to the battle of Armageddon with the Lord. So. We just we have been raptured out, so we're not part of this wrath. And I think that that's what Jeff was alluding to when he's talking about the simultaneous harvest. We're taken out, but these people are going to be destroyed. And I believe that's the same event, and I, I think that's what he was alluding to. I hope that I'm understanding his question, but that's what we're seeing, that this is the exact same thing going on. Remember, what we're trying to do here is to prove that uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39, the battle of Gog and Magog, is the same thing as the battle of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. So you, you see right there, that's pretty conclusive evidence that these two events are the same thing, that they're going to happen. But we've got even more to look at, so we can continue to look at that, uh, or we can take another call, whatever you want to do at this point. I'll let you... Well, we're running out of time, so let's look at, uh, before the break anyway, okay. uh, let's look at the Holy One of Israel starting in Ezekiel 39, 7. It says, So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name any more, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord and the Holy One in Israel. Yeah. So the, the one true God of Israel is what he's going to prove at this battle at, in, in Ezekiel 39. The Lord is going to make his name known. And, and look, it says, even among the heathen that they shall know. Absolutely. So I guess when we come back from the break, since I hear the music coming up, that we'll have to look at these other scriptures that show us the same thing. We're going to go to Zechariah 14 and Revelation 19. All right, we do have some open lines, 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463 is the number to call to join Doug and I on the air. We look forward to chatting with you. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. I do want to remind you that we have released the seven vials. This is Dave Robbins' first solo DVD. Uh, he is going to talk about the wrath of God and explain how you and I can be exempt from that wrath. We are talking about it a little bit today, but he goes into great detail. Uh, it's about oh, a little over an hour long, I believe. So you can get that DVD this month. There's a few days left for this. You can get it for a donation of any amount. So go to endtime.com slash DVD and we will ship it out within just a day or so of you completing uh, the form there. So be sure to do that today. All right, Doug, um, we need to get back to the Holy One of Israel before we get to the calls. Uh, we had read Ezekiel 39.7. The next one is Zechariah 14.9. And again, we're talking about um, the Battle of Armageddon and comparing these chapters um, to figure out, is it the Battle of Gog and Magog? And so Zechariah 14.9 says, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth, in that day shall there be one Lord, and his name one. Revelation 19.16 says, And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, yeah, so those scriptures are letting us know that everybody is going to recognize Jesus Christ as the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Holy One of Israel. Uh, there, there'll be no more question at that point. They're going to know when they see the Lord coming and he's going to make his name known. And so these, these events are happening uh, at the same time. Ezekiel 39, Revelation 19, Zechariah 14. They're all the battle of Armageddon and the Lord is doing the same exact thing there. So um, that's, one, that's another clue that we can see. He's making himself known. He's letting the world know who he is. Everybody's recognizing that he is the Lord. So, so you brought up the marriage supper of the Lamb, or Jeff did, or mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if it was you or Jeff, but um, when, when is that? You said you weren't sure if these are the same. Mm-hmm. So when in the world is it? Well, I mean, what, what I don't know is I don't know if there will be a literal dinner where we're going to sit down and have a wedding Church supper. Potluck. Right. <laughs> don't know if that's going to happen or if it's actually going to be when we come down with the Lord and this is what is called the supper of the, of the Lamb. I don't know that. Uh, it, it appears to me that when we're being told that blessed is he who uh, is welcome for the marriage supper of the Lamb, that that is because we've made the rapture. We've missed all that what is about to happen on the earth with this battle of, of Armageddon. So we've made it to our reward. We're there. We're with the Lord. We're given our white robes, and then we return with Jesus to this battle. Now, whether or not that is a uh, symbolism of a wedding supper, and he's saying this is that wedding supper is this sacrifice that I'm making of these mighty men that came to destroy Israel. 
I don't know that for sure. I don't know if we can conclusively say that it is based on Scripture. So uh, instead of sat here and speculate on things, I'll just say that I'm tying the two together from Ezekiel 39 and Revelation 19. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, let's go to the phones. We'll go to Joe in New York. Joe, welcome to End of the Age. You guys look beautiful. Joe, you say that every time you call. I'm starting to wonder if you're telling the truth. Yes, you you look great. You're my brothers. I love I love you. You're my family. I Thank think you. there's a lot of mystery in, in in God's book. There's a lot of mystery, and it's there for a reason. The thing about the you know the supper of the Lamb, the celebration of us coming together, you know, it isn't clear whether it's it's talking about the instant that we're caught up to meet the Lord Jesus. I, I, you know, I, I see the mystery there, but I do, I mean, it's, very, you know, Gog and Magog, that's obviously the war of Armageddon, you know, but the rapture, to me, it seems like the Lord stuck some mysteries, just like the seven thunders that he told John not to write about. I think he likes to keep Satan confused. He doesn't want Satan to know all the details. That's my own personal view. But, you know, I it, it would seem... When he returns and we're with him to do battle, when the battle's over, we will be rejoicing there in Jerusalem with him. Now we can call that, I, I do think, I, I agree with Doug, that it's symbolic. I really don't think I'm going to be sitting down at a table eating my grandmother's type of food. That doesn't seem real. First of all, we will be transformed creatures, so we won't need physical food. But that's, you know, just my, my perspective that the Lord loves mysteries. <laughs> and I think there's a lot in, in the Word of God that he keeps cloaked. Yeah. It's, it's all his ball game. The whole world, everything, it is like a giant movie. And he's the director, the producer, the creator, and the lover of us. That's what we have to stick to. And we may not know exactly how it's going to unfold, but we will know when we need to know. Right. And I'll, I'll hang up now. I love you guys. Thank you, You just Joe. take good care of yourself and just <laughs> keep praying. All right. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate it. We love you, Joe. I'm telling you, we need to help Joe with the Joe show. We really do. I think he could go for hours. <laughs> he could. And he has a lot of great things to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I agree with what Joe was saying, though. I <laughs> think he's right on target. All right. What's all right. next? Uh, well, I'm let's, following your lead, Doug. All right. Let's let's talk for a second about this because we get this question all the time, and so it's about the burying of the dead and the seven years of burning um, the war implements and things like that. A lot of people say, "Isn't this the beginning of the final seven years? Wouldn't that be uh, signifying that?" But when you look at it in Scripture, it doesn't appear like that's what's going on there. So you want to read that real quickly. Which one am I reading? Uh, Ezekiel thirty-nine nine. All right. It says, "And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth, and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows and the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire." Seven years. Yeah, so, yeah, keep going there. And it shall come, and this is uh, verse 11, and it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses 
of the passengers, and there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the Valley of Hamongog. Yeah. And so, if you'll just finish off 12 and 13. I'm sorry. We'll and seven months. And you sure not to 14? And 14. All right. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them that they may cleanse the land. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown, a renown the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. And they shall sever out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers those that remain upon the face of the earth to cleanse it. And after the end of seven months shall they search. Okay, so they're going to be burning these weapons for seven years. They're going to be burying people for seven months. But notice there in that last passage it says, and those that remain upon the face of the earth. This lets us know that this is happening in the millennial reign of Christ because we know from uh, Zechariah 14 that there's going to be survivors of this battle and they're going to have to go up year after year at the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, Zechariah 14, 16. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So that's going to be happening during that time because it says that people are going to be coming by and that they're going to be employed to bury these people. There's going to be so many of them. So it's, it's interesting. We have some other scriptures that we could share, but let's try to get to a couple more phone calls, I guess, before we go off the air here. All right, we'll go to Terry in Texas. Terry, welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hi. It's always uh, so great and wonderful to listen to you guys um, in the, in the uh, afternoons. Well, thank you, Terry. We appreciate that. I have a question about the uh, the seventh trumpet. Uh, is that is that when when the uh, church will be raptured? Yes, ma'am. So actually, there's uh, the sixth and seventh seal tell mm-hmm. the same story. The seventh trumpet and the seventh vial are all about. Uh, the rapture of the church and the wrath of God being poured out. So those those things are there. But yes, that seventh trumpet, and I'll I'll give you a scripture. Let me see if I can pull it up just really quick before we uh, get off the air here. So in Revelation chapter 11, it says, The seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. So it's letting us know that he's establishing his kingdom. Then when you look down in verse 18, it says, And the nations were angry, for thy wrath has come, and the time of the dead that you should judge, that they should give the reward unto thy servants the prophet and the saints." And them that fear thy name. So that lets us know that we're receiving our reward right there. Our reward is the rapture, the kingdom of heaven, and and us being able to be in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, real quick. Okay, when that trumpet sounds, the scripture says that the dead in Christ are going to get up first. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that trumpet, very quickly, I'm going to try and say this before before the time runs out. My grandson came to me one day. He's 12 years old. He said, Minty, I had this dream. I said, okay, what was the dream? He said, I dreamed that Jesus came back. He said, uh, and there was no trumpet. So I was kind of stunned. I'm like, no trumpet? I've always read that there was going to be a trumpet. So when we finally finished talking about it, I was just milling that over in my mind. I'm like, trumpet? I don't get it. I don't get it. 
And it seemed like the Holy Spirit said, the trumpet is for the dead. When they hear the trumpet, that's when they're going to get up. So I was kind of confused about that. Okay, well, if you if you look at that Revelation 11 and you look at what happens and it says that the two witnesses that have laid in the street dead for three and a half days, that they rise at that point, that their Uh enemies watch them go up. And it says that same hour. So at that same time, that's Mm -hmm. when this trumpet's going to sound. They're going to be the dead in Christ. The two witnesses will be the dead in Christ, along with who those prophets are. You think about the Old Testament prophets and those Old Testament saints that are, have passed and the people that have passed during our time that are in, asleep in Christ. They're going to rise first and then we that are alive and left will be changed. So it, it all happens. You know, that's one of those things that Joe was just talking about. It's a mystery of how it happens. Paul even describes it as a mystery, but it's clearly at that point. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate the call. Now, Doug, it's not a literal trumpet. Right. It's not. I mean, people parading through streets playing a trumpet. Right. And I don't know if we'll hear a trumpet sound or not. I don't know that. The, the Did Bible, we on the, on the first five? That's the thing. We believe that the first five had sounded, and have we heard trumpets? I've heard uh, a lot of trumpets. I'm not sure. <laughs> you heard one the other day. That's uh, the, I, Doug, we need you to blow that horn again. But the thing is, is that, uh, you know, that that is probably a symbolic thing, too, is that that trumpet, when it sounds, we may not hear a physical trumpet. If we do, that's great. It doesn't matter to me. If I hear the trumpet, that's going to be wonderful. Uh, but we we can't be looking for that to happen because, like you said, five other ones... Uh, have that we believe have already sounded and there wasn't a physical sounding of those trumpets. Alright, if you want to see us bring a trumpet in here on Thursday <laughs> no, comment, Doug, bring your trumpet. <laughs> no, no. Alright, well we are out of time for today. We'll be back tomorrow, or at least Dave will be 3 p.m. Central Time. Also go to endtime.com to see the latest prophecy news happening around the world. We post there every single day so be sure to check that out. Totally free to you. Alright, we will see you tomorrow. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.